Now, what the fuck is his name? Ghost Dog. What? Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog? He said Ghost Dog. Yeah, he calls himself Ghost Dog. I don't know, a lot of these black guys today, these gangster type guys, they all got names like that they make up for themselves. Is that true? Sure. He means like the rappers. You know, the rappers, they all got names like that. Snoop Doggy Dog, Ice Cube, Q-Tip, Method Man. My favorite was always Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. He got the funky fresh fly flavor. Live lyrics from the bank of reality. I kicked the flies to maneuver technicality to a dope track. I love that guy. I don't know anything about that. But it makes me think about Indians. Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Yo, welcome back everybody to Look What You Made Me View. I am Ryan. And I am Kaylee. This is the podcast where we share special films with each other. Yeah. We're a very close couple, and it's, you know, a good thing to introduce I mean, each other to our interests, right? I wouldn't call us close, but like, all right, we're, we're going to use labels. Tonight we're close. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are in a different studio, as it were. We uh, are. Our studio, our studio flooded, and uh, that's kind of been a frustrating process for us. So we have moved studios. If this episode sounds a little weird just like bear with us don't worry about it yeah don't worry about it stuff happens we're still trying to make this stuff happen for you so this week yes this is a special week we're doing this um we were compelled to do this um this is a 1999 film jim jarmusch uh rizza scores this movie ghost dog um starring forrest whitaker uh google describes this movie as uh let's see ghost dog forrest whitaker is a contract killer a master of his trade who can whirl a gun at warp speed and moves through the world like a phantom stealthy and evanescent in the spirit of the samurai he has <laughs> pledged his loyalty to a small-time mobster named louis john tormey uh who saved his life many years before so they say this released in 2000 i believe it was made in 99 i don't remember what year i saw it um but this was something I very much look forward to because, uh, yeah, uh, RZA, uh, of course. So Yeah, I was um, going to say, did RZA write that summary? Uh, RZA did not write this summary. So. Because, like, he could have. The word's in there. That's beautiful. It's not how I would describe this film, but you know what? Like, that's cool. Evanescent is in that. Yeah. So, quote of the film, stupid fucking white man. <laughs> Um, that line is said by, uh, the character apparently is called Nobody, and he appears in another movie, uh, Dead Man, uh, starring Johnny Depp. This, that was one of Jarmusch's, um, earliest films, I think. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I own that, and I've, I've only seen it once, and I remember that line vividly from that, so when I saw that line in this movie, it was just too cool, especially it being the same guy. Okay, so wait, you're saying he says the exact same line in both movies? Mm-hmm. Same Dang, character and everything. Cool. They, both characters are called Nobody. It's kind of like um, Rob Schneider, but impactful. Okay, Instead yeah, of saying, yeah. you can do it, he yeah, comes in and he's a stupid what fucking a white man. Yeah, seriously, I love it. So, of course, that's the quote of the movie for me. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I bring this movie to you because, obviously, I mentioned I, I was very much looking forward to this uh, because of RZA. 
Uh, huge, huge fan of him and idolized him basically growing up, wanted to be a producer just like him. So uh, this was a big deal for him to score a film. And I, I was I was aware of this director too. So it seemed like a cool combination. Um, went to see this in DC at some tiny little independent theater. Uh, I believe opening night with one of my buddies. I could not tell you. I was so enamored with this movie from the first second of it mm -hmm. uh, that I could not tell you what happened after. I just remember remember the movie and remember, remember the buzz I felt after seeing it. Um, Realize your friend is going to listen to this podcast. And yeah, I should have hit Gabe up because it was either Gabe or Cub. Uh, Must have been Cub because Gabe was not living here. No, he was here. Uh, hard to say, but well, that's not really an important mystery to solve. Uh, the point is, it didn't matter who was there in my mind. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. I That's, you know, kind of... Uh, I don't, again, I don't remember anything after seeing this movie <laughs> that night. That's it. And what a cool way to see it, like in DC, you know, in the yeah, city, in a traveled, small theater. Yep. God, yep. I'm just like picturing this in my mind. It's powerful. It's I funny. Like that. So we mentioned uh, our basement was flooded and that's where we do most everything. Uh, we do have an entertainment room set up and we actually got to, we just slapped some stuff together. We actually got to put this on the screen. It is comparable to the screen I saw it on originally. <laughs> Okay, the screen, no the screen in our basement is yes. the same size. I mean, the, the screen I saw it on originally was probably twice the size of this. Wow. Okay. Okay. So gotcha. Cool. Not quite, you know, um, uh, university uh, education room screen size. You know, not that small, right. which is kind of what we have, I think. Um, but it's it was a theater, just a very tiny theater. So uh, we made up for that then by watching it twice. Yes, well, that again, that's what we were compelled to watch this because RZA was doing um, 36 Cinema. Uh, 36 is a company he owns. They do clothes, um, but they have been doing movies and they'll do live commentary. We first got involved uh, with one of those shows uh, because Prince Paul was going to do commentary for Dawn of the Dead. You had not seen Dawn of the Dead. Right. During that commentary, the people talked nonstop. And so, I was really into what Prince Paul had to say about it because that's but a he didn't fun talk during the perspective. Movie. But he didn't talk during the movie. Yeah. And we also noticed while we were watching um, the 36 Cinema commentary version of this movie, Rizzo will like stop talking when a big scene is coming up or when his music's coming on because I feel like he just respects the art so much. And they were um, starting to ask him questions after the movie was done, credits were starting to roll. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to finish up this song. I'm going to finish listening to this. And then we can talk about this. He questions. had a lot of respect for the film itself, which is unusual because that's not really the point of commentary. But uh, I think there was also the the, the other um, reason they were showing this. This was like a special deal. Uh, this is the first showing of the 4k master of this movie so i was also excited about that but ultimately i wanted some backstory so we prepared to watch this you know before the commentary version because you hadn't seen it right. and we didn't want it spoiled like dawn of the dead where they just talked over it the whole time you literally could have just watched it <laughs> with the commentary that they had because it was so sparse right uh, you're basically just watching the movie but you know what though i'm so glad i watched this a second time because i wasn't i'm gonna be real here i was not feeling it as much the first time i watched it it's interesting you know it's forrest Whit whitaker playing a samurai that's <laughs> that's fascinating right that's funny um it's interesting and then i watched it the second time and i'm like okay we can move past 
that aspect of it. And now we can get into the meat of this film. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's great to hear. How <laughs> would you describe this to somebody if you had to okay. sell it to them? Forrest Whitaker plays a samurai who is bound to a member of the mafia. He ends up killing somebody or doing a job for this guy incorrectly. And then he gets put into danger. And that bond between the samurai and his master is tested. <laughs> That's the movie. Pretty close to the Google summary, I guess. Yeah, but there's a lot of extra cool words in there. That's why I'm, I'm leaning more towards the Google thing. Yeah, yeah, you didn't say Evanescence. I didn't. You didn't even say, wake me up! <laughs> no, never, ever, ever. Yeah, but I'm going to say it again. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. That's fucking cool. Definitely uh, more so the second time I watched it around and I was yeah. able to catch more stuff. But there were actually like... There were things that I am so passionate about that drew me into this movie. Okay. Little tiny nuggets, right? Right. Um, I'm a big book nerd. We know this. Uh -huh. I love my literature. And it is like very prevalent throughout. So I just went through my notes and I marked every single thing that could possibly tie to Frankenstein because that is oh, that's important. Yep. my favorite book. Yep. We spent a good 15 to 20 minutes on our first date talking about Frankenstein. That's how much I love this book. It, it, it just, it's impacted me. It's been so prevalent within my life. And then to see it be a part of something that you really enjoy and is a big part of your life, it was kind of this beautiful, beautiful, all-encompassing moment. And, and we started this podcast to kind of like understand each other on a deeper level and then share that experience with our, our audience. The uh, world. The world. And I feel like because I watched this, like a whole new room in your mind has opened up, mm. right? Uh, like, just walk me through why this is significant to you. Well, partially because of what you mentioned, which is the things that are buried within this that are, they are echoes of greater works. Okay. So for me, that's books. What is it for you? Oh, no, I mean, I love that part, too, um, <laughs> obviously. Um, but, gosh, everything, musically, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, this taps into a vibe musically that is my lane, is exactly my motherfucking lane. I love all the... All right, so this movie is simultaneously entertaining and meditative. It makes me think while it is also stimulating my mind. It makes me, you know, uh, reflect. Mm -hmm. It inspires so much thought, um, but it's it's also there to entertain. So I can get lost in it um, and completely miss a whole scene just thinking about, you know, the passage that he just read, for example. Uh, right. And I kind of want to talk about, I want to pick your brain a bit about the passages that are in this. They're from the, and I'm going to butcher this. I think it's pronounced Hagakure. Yeah, I believe that's okay. Awesome. There are 14 of them, and I don't know what the significance of 14 is. If there's something within like uh, scientific mathematics or something like that, well, it'd be 14 is seven plus seven, so that's significant. There you go, that is. There's also some trivia where when he turns his music up, he turns it to 21 every time. 
Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, and of course, Riz is really into scientific mathematics. This is something that I just started looking into. So I'm very new to this whole thing. I just started reading one of Riz's books. And again, I feel like whole nother door is open. I have a better understanding of the stuff that I am reading because I'm watching something that he's been a part of. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, he appears to just be the musical director, uh, you know, composer, but Jarmusch tapped into his, um, you know, his crew and, you know, his, his friends, um, that whole click kind of got involved in being um, shadowed by Forrest Whitaker, for example, uh, to get a sense of what their lifestyle was like to, you know, just um, kind of pick up mannerisms and, and verbiage. But uh, yeah, Jarmusch studied his world more or less. Mm -hmm. And Jarmusch is taking every world I can think of really. <laughs> He's putting so much together here, uh, it, whether it be in small doses or the very obvious thing, which is like, white mob new york versus black gangster in new york um or not even it's just more like black civilian new york you know yeah um okay so they're drawing these contrasts left and right language you know we have the best friend character who's uh they don't even speak the same language and that's beautiful because it shows that even without the, those details of knowing the words you're saying these guys understand each other at the most pure level um, <laughs> I could talk about this movie for ages. I just don't, you know, I'm not sure where to go because it's it, the movie excites me every single thing. Like I almost just want to do commentary. We have it on right now playing in the background. Yeah. It, it's almost better if we just did that. But, um, yeah, you know, that'd be two hours of the show. No, no, no. <laughs> if, if you want to pop off, let's pop off and let's talk about this because I have yeah, so I'd rather, much. I'd rather talk about what you say. want to talk about because this is ultimately, uh, I want your reactions to things. All right. I'm going to go super bookish here and I'm just going to go through all the ties that I found to literature that I really enjoy. First and foremost, I want to talk about the bird. Okay. So in literature, uh, a white bird inside a house signifies a message is coming. That message can be immoral. That message can be a bad omen. Sure. But a white bird inside a house means a message is coming. If the bird dies, it means death. If the bird is black, it means death. Okay. So a bird inside a house is a big fucking deal in a book. Sure. Um, Okay. So birds appear a lot. In Lots of birds. <laughs> birds. Starts with a bird flying. Yes. Yeah. And the bird appears black in the uh -huh. sky, yeah. right? Uh, so it signifies death hanging over sure. this whole entire neighborhood, just right. flying around freely, right? And then as the bird comes closer, you see that it's got white speckles on it. Yeah. There is a message to be told here. I yeah. thought uh, the director did a, Great job of picking that one specific bird out of Mike Tyson's birds. Ah, uh, yeah, all the birds. Well, not all. Some of the birds were trained by Mike Tyson. He was, um, he had a carrier pigeon, or they're not carrier pigeons, or uh, passenger passenger pigeons. Um, he had pigeon trained pigeons uh, that this movie used. How does one go about training a pigeon? Like if we're gonna get something emails about, his about voice must help. yeah, if we're gonna get emails about something, <laughs> please, please tell me how do you train a bird? Um, okay, so you said passenger pigeon. Let's get to that. Passenger the pigeon <laughs> went extinct in 1914. Yes. Okay. I love the old mob guys. Oh man. 
they're fun. They're so stupid. I, I think that's the other draw for me here. Like it, it just, you know, let, let's do the superficial draw. Um, this is a movie that retaliates against mob movies. Yes. Uh, mob movies that paint these guys as like geniuses and, you know, uh, strategic and, you know, the, the just great minds that know how to uh, manipulate people and get money, right? Really, they're just kind of scumbags and most of them are dumb as shit because they, they're not educated. And they're also <laughs> not making money. I thought it was really great in the commentary when uh, the guy comes for three months of rent to the mafia house and Rizzo said, crime don't pay. It was cute. Very cute. Um, yeah, man, I can understand that draw. That's fascinating. It's yes. a different perspective. So to me, it's like, because I don't, you know, guys, I don't, uh, I'm sorry if that offends anybody. I don't like mob gangster movies generally. There are a few that I can dig, but uh, for the most part, I I don't enjoy them as much as most people do. Uh, the mob video games, even Grand Theft Auto shit like that. It's just, that shit's bullshit. I love the meditative killer, this uh, retro man of honor uh, it, it all makes sense to me. To, mob behavior is so self-centered and and just reckless and in such a, 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 a takers and oppressors, a colonizers mentality. And, um, you know, this is almost an indigenous way. And that's, you know, there are a lot of parallels that they draw in the film uh, between Ghost Dog and indigenous people, <laughs> often very, very offensively. Um, basically saying all brown people are the same. Right. Um, but that's, you know, that's part of drawing, you know, these characters. They're, they do that a few times. He directly inserts two ignorant rednecks in this movie just to make commentary on hunting. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and also the, 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 spe- the, you know, the significance of bears and, you know, um, respect for animals in general. But anyway. Of course. Um, so he, he's pretty heavy handed <laughs> with a lot of this stuff, but because he's piling on, it's, it's like ice cream. He's getting, you know, scoop after scoop after scoop. And it's like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. I'm getting everything I want out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to touch on, uh, the part where you were talking about how, um, Forrest Whitaker's character is tying back to this old age, this old era of fighting and everything. In the Hagakure, it says, um, you cannot return to the spirit of an age. You can't go backwards. So I'm just going to talk very briefly about the Hagakure real quick. So it is a compilation of the writings of a man who was a retainer for this dude. I'm not going to get into all. For those that haven't watched the movie or don't understand what a retainer is, retainer is basically um, the... You have a master. You follow a guy and you do his bidding. Like if he wishes somebody dead, you go take care of it. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Okay. So the Hagakori is a compilation of uh, retainers' writings, and it was written by a guy who is well after the samurai period, and he's calling back to this old age of fighting, right? But he cannot return to that age. So I think it's really important that this line appears in the movie because ultimately we do see Forrest Whitaker's character I don't want to say fail he he succeeds in doing Louis's bidding he succeeds as a retainer but of course ultimately he dies sorry spoilers I don't know if we're meant to see that as a victory or a loss or neither it's an inevitability ah. and they speak of inevitabilities often um, well, at least in a couple of the, uh, the excerpts, mm-hmm. um, but yes, the meditate upon your death every day 
you know, at rest, all that stuff. He's meant to die eventually. He knows this. Let's talk about death. Okay. Because I've got a lot to say. Okay. So uh, they open up the book to talk about Frankenstein. Frankenstein is someone who is resurrected. Right. Oh, from- there, are dr- there are direct parallels here to Frankenstein. And he, I mean, with the fact that he saves him, that's kind of the, the creation of the monster. Gives uh, him a second life. Right. He, it, without the the master, he he's not a retainer. He can't buy into it fully without owing his life to someone. Right. Absolutely. And uh, we hear this, of course, in the Hagakori that you're supposed to think of yourself as dead. Um, and I was thinking about Riz's experience. Of course, I have no concept of what that is actually like. Uh, however, he's talked about it extensively. He talks about how, how prevalent death is within that community, right? Mm-hmm. And how prevalent the, the death expectancy is there. So to think of yourself as already dead, you are capable then of anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and Frankenstein doesn't necessarily think of himself as dead. He thinks of himself as very alive. And that's why I really like that passage where uh, he talks about a samurai should carry powdered rouge right. to make himself appear awake and very alive, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes, uh, okay, you're supposed to always be dead to live as if you are dead but sometimes you need to pretend to be really alive that was kind of confusing but i think that was more about the costuming so you can posture to make sure you can achieve your task yeah because that is when he changes into the suit Mm -hmm. and we see that weird license plate swap that is so unbelievable change he's pretending to be to be a real estate agent yeah, yeah. This man just changes his plates, like yeah. with the family sitting I think it's right there. It's a metaphor there. for you know changing your appearance in general. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Yeah, there's too much shit in here that is so laced up in my mind. I, I think there there's so many beautiful um, things tied together mm-hmm. uh, in just well thought out. The cartoons that then play out somehow in following or previous scenes. There's the dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, the dog. It doesn't need to be there. But that dog, it helps. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. And he He starts the conversation between Ghost Dog and Perlene. It's kind of fun. It it helps to show the gentle side of him. And that's something uh, apparently Jarmusch was looking for. He said, I wrote this for Forrest. There's really nobody else that could be a cold-hearted killer, but also be likable and and feel warm and, and gentle. Yeah. Because yeah. he's clearly very gentle with his friends and this, you know, this girl. Um, he is a very pure, nice person, and he's so patient with um, what? Um, what is his name? Raymond is Raymond the French, the French guy? guy? Yes. Okay, so he's so patient with Raymond. Raymond is the ice cream truck guy as well. He, he has an ice cream truck. Yes, yeah. and that's kind of very fun. It made me think of like E.E. E. Cummings. Uh, the balloon man, but that's balloons, not ice cream. But yeah, he's just bringing people into his circle with ice cream, and that's kind of enjoyable. But anyway, um, uh, Raymond is a confusing character for me. Okay. I don't understand the symbolism behind Raymond and Ghost Dog saying the same things, one in French, one in English. It's to show that they they know exactly what's going on. They, they don't need the actual words. 
these guys are so in tune, so in the same vibe and rhythm spiritually, like their hearts are in the same place. They're good dudes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they're true friends. Yeah. If they spoke clearly. the same language, they would be no more or less friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 They okay. still enjoy each other. Um, they're getting by exactly. <laughs> they know. They just know. It, it's a beautiful uh, way to illustrate that. Oh my God. They don't even really need to talk to each other. Right. That's how okay. beautiful it is. Yeah. Their relationship was very sweet and endearing yeah. to me. And then you get Perlene in there too. She is mm-hmm. just great. Yeah. Um, I don't the- understand why the mom is just a voice off in the distance because she, and back into the spoiler of the end of this where Ghost Dog is dying, the girl's mm-hmm. just standing there. I mean, there is gunfire you know, not 10 yards away from her. Raymond's holding her, her for mom? a little bit of it. I know, but, but where's the mom? She's uh, She dips in and out. I mean, that's that's uh, one of the problems I have with this movie. Yeah. Yeah, the mom is just a All place. right, so Wind and Willows. She pulls that out. Uh-huh. Uh, when, when they first meet, she's got books. You know, you want to get into the books. Uh, I don't know anything about that, really. So is that significant? Now that you've seen this twice, uh, does that uh, have something to do? Draw, is there any parallel? I'm going to go with no because I've never read it. Oh. Yeah. I thought you made some comment, I thought, when um, I saw that. I've never read it. I watched the movie, so I don't feel like I can comment on that. I got you. Yeah. Uh, she also pulls out Night Nurse. <laughs> that was cute. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, is that meant to symbolize her budding adulthood? I'm not sure. Like she's on the cusp of being an adult, but she's definitely not there yet. She's very much still a little kid. I think it is also there to show you that she's learning through books. She's learning most of the world at this point. She's so enamored with books. And I think he relates to that. That's kind of their bonding point where with the ice cream guy, he has chess um, and ice cream. Sure. Uh, He's got this now. He's got books with her. Oh, okay. What about this? Um, Perlene has her books and Raymond has his radio. They're both receiving all of their information from those respective sources. Mm. And Raymond is told multiple times by the radio that ice cream is good for you because it has lots of calcium. Right. That's some misinformation. But the problem is nobody speaks French. So he's telling everybody the, this news and nobody can tell. And nobody what he hears. Said. That's, yeah. That's also kind of interesting. Um, I have nothing in common with Perlene other than that I, too, learned everything I know from books. Yeah. I was just constantly engrossed in a book as a little kid, at that age especially. Um, yeah, and I was reading books like Frankenstein. I was reading uh, books that still mean so much to me. So the fact that she's given... Um, I can't remember the name of the book that the mafia daughter. Rashima? The Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I have not read that. I haven't read it either, but I'm vaguely familiar with it. Clearly, uh, because of this movie, I know a little bit more about it. But um, You know what? Let's. I'm so curious how this movie means this much to you, but you haven't read the books from it. That is interesting, right? Right. And and I know you well enough to know that you would have listened to all of the music that's from this and analyzed it and thought about it and considered uh, why it is what it is, 
right? Yeah, and become obsessed with one of the MCs on one of the songs and eventually meet him and try to work <laughs> with him and then he cuts off his penis and <laughs> yeah. is that Chrysler? Yeah. Oh my god. That's where realize. this all started. Um he is on the soundtrack for this movie. Okay. And I swore his song was in this movie, but no, that song is not in this movie. Uh, it's just all, it's part of the soundtrack. Um, and it's on what, you know, you hear the music for that song in the movie, but you don't hear his verses. Um, so fell in love with him when I heard that and followed him his entire career. I mean, I still f- keep up with him, but um, right, right. he is not as good as he used to be, unfortunately. Oh, man. I hate to be that blunt about it, but I just don't think that, that the, is blunt. Yeah. I don't think the quality of music is is what it is. And I was dying to work with him. I really wanted to kind of um, rejuvenate uh, and get him back to you know, you know uh, the energy that he brought early on because I felt like he was the best MC. I, I literally thought he was the best. Um, but you know what? He's been through a lot. So shout yeah, out no, to no, 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 no. I know. I shout out to him. I mean, he, I, I still feel for him. I mean, uh, I, I got his back. Like you know, I don't judge him or anything. But um, yeah, stuff just goes haywire. Like we start to trade beats and you know, I start to show him some beats and stuff, and then uh, it just it doesn't work out for whatever reason. I know um, money is is a big deal too, but. Uh, yeah, so that's how I entered that world too. Is this movie introduced me to all of that? Right. So, cool. and that's a pretty. Cool. I mean, think about that. I spent hours of my life producing music, hoping you know to work with this guy. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. All starts from this movie. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But um, this is how you and I approach different things. If I jump into a fandom, if I jump into something that I really like, I jump in like jump into a fandom head first into the books right okay. i have read every single uh ray bradbury book for example and there's a lot of shit in there there's a lot of not great material but i've read it because i loved ours for rocket and i was like cool i have to read everything by this author right the fuck now yeah yeah and you do this with music so i am learning well, i also started watching a lot of jarmusch films because of this as well there you go okay and i would say that you're more of a film aficionado than i am in case our audience didn't catch that from our podcast thus far ryan knows way more shit about movies than i do well i've seen a few (laughs) (laughs) right you've had more time to actually watch and dive in but true uh, i'm learning how we obsess over the things that we love. And I feel like that's a very telling thing about a person. When I get to know somebody, I want to know what gets them excited. I want to know what they obsess over, what they think about, you know, like what are those shower thoughts? And I'm fascinated to see that for you, it's the film and it's the music. And I hope that it is equally as opening to see that for me, it's the books. For me, it's the illusions. Yeah. Not illusions. 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 And I can appreciate that. Huge difference. That's why it is fun. And uh, early on in our dating, this, oh man, this is real inside here. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I said to you in jest, yet also out of uh, drunken uh, love, um, I said, you challenge me. (laughs) And that's that's kind of what I was referring to is um, I'm not aware of those things. So... uh, I feel like I feel like you keep me on my toes with literary literary references uh, when we watch movies, for example, um, uh, in other times as well. But uh, I enjoy it in movies because I think it's really cool. I I often like to refer to 
TV shows, movies, uh, other songs. You know, it, it, when I'm making uh, hip hop stuff, it, it, you're pulling from all these sources, and you really are just making a collage of all of these references. So, I like any movie that is paying um, homage or uh, giving due reference to something that is of quality. Right, and they reference the movie that inspired this movie a lot in the commentary. Oh, right, right. And, you know, they fucking did, 36 Cinema did an airing of that, Branded to Kill, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, we should have fucking watched that. I did not realize, uh, you know, I, that this was so closely influenced. Yeah, and yeah. see, uh, now I want to go back and watch it. Maybe a future bonus episode, everybody. Mm -hmm. We'll watch I that think, and talk about it. Well, this is a very special episode. I mean, we've never done commentary, things like that. Uh, we've spent a lot of time on this one. So uh, this one's unusual, and I consider it a very special version of our show. So uh, to do a deeper dive or to do some sort of bonus uh, inspired viewing because of this, I think is a great idea. I think for other episodes, uh, if anything, if First Kid had inspired us to watch Second Kid, <laughs> God, right. I, I hope that's a thing. Is Second Kid a thing? No, no, it is not. I, I want it to be a thing. That'd be really awesome, especially uh, with everything kid. going on right now. But wouldn't, wait, wouldn't that mean a kid is married to the president? It would just be Kamala's kid, right? Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris? <laughs> yes, it would be Kamala Harris's kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Or Mike Pence's. I want you to do Christopher Walken saying Kamala Harris. I can't. I can't do Christopher Walken. All right, Shaq saying Kamala Harris. <laughs> I have the worst Shaq impression ever. Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I love Shaq so much. Oh, my God. Shout out to Shaq. Shaq is my, my favorite. Um, I know that's controversial now. He'll get his shit together again. I'm sure of it. But I don't know how much Papa John's going to take for that to happen. <laughs> Where were we? Um, I have something fun to say um, while I'm still digging into all the cool illusions or whatever. Uh -huh. um, and it's one that doesn't directly tie to literature yet that I can think of. So anyway... I think it's really fun that any time Ghost Dog steals a car, he puts on white gloves like it's a fucking superpower. Let me explain here. I mean, here. during this COVID shit, though, it's like, <laughs> it it's seemed like, oh, totally reasonable for him to be doing Man that. wearing gloves. No, okay, so he always steals these really nice high-tech cars, right? Ones with, uh, with uh, keyless entry. Yes. Because he's got a little device that apparently he made. I mean, you can see uh, he's like soldering shit. He's, get, he's a really smart dude. He's yeah, making he gadgets. Those his own silencer. This dude's awesome. He knows what he's doing. Anyway, um, he puts on white gloves, so now he has white hands while driving this super nice car. What you trying to say? Right? So it's like his superpower is to put on the white man's hand and steal his stuff, right? I don't know about that. I don't know either, but it was just fascinating, the choice of the like these pristine... Hands. Mickey Mouse white I mean, hands. If, if he had put on uh, some red palmed gloves, I would say those are the white man's hands. <laughs> anyway, thought it was cool. It's like a superpower and a disguise. I know disguise is a big thing for the samurai. I know this. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was cool. That's all. He's really tapping in to some of the coolest culture um, as far as balance and things that 
I'm really drawn to. These inevitabilities and accepting those inevitabilities. Right. The and, shootout at the end, it's inevitable. Yeah. So one of the funnest things, too, is one of the gangsters, after they're trying to drive away, he's been shot. He says, well, at least we're going, he's taking us out the old way, like real gangsters. Yeah. And there's just something about people living with honor in some sort of code that is fascinating. And I think ultimately is why these massive societies even exist. You wouldn't have... Um, these large groups of people without people adhering to some code. So there's right. something honorable about that because it keeps everything together when people play by the rules, as it were. Um, now, he's not playing by the greater societal rules. He's He is playing by... He's um, playing by a code, right? And yeah, an it assassin's is, code. Yeah, so. it's readily apparent what he stands for. He makes that so abundantly clear. And that's why I'm so happy they are making this into a series with the current climate. Oh, shit. I don't think we're breaking this news, but, I, you know, that was so exciting. So at the end of the special with uh, the RZA commentary, uh, they announced that this is going to be a, uh, I don't know if it's a limited series or, or what, but it's going to be a series of some kind. Um, and God damn, if that's not exciting. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm really hype about this. That's going to be really cool. Um, I kind of want it to be animated like Boondocks, but I'll settle for the live action. That'll be really cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think of tonally. I think Luke Cage did a really good job at uh, doing a hero kind of narrative. Not that he's a hero, really, but um, I think this would work with whoever was involved in running that show. I think they could get involved in the ghost dog thing and do a good job. Yeah. Um, it's got to be dark, but it's got to be cool because there's so much of this shit that does bring levity to it. The cartoons, for one. Oh, man, if they do that in the show. That'll be so cool. <sighs> I loved You had to point out to me that the cartoons directly tie to a scene that yeah. happens before or after yep. the cartoon appears because yeah. I wasn't fully understanding that. And uh, Felix the Cat popped up. Mm -hmm. That was cool. I loved Felix the Cat when I was a little kid. Um. Yeah, man, and this guy is upset because he's turning diamonds into oh, jelly beans. He's got the science put together. He can make a diamond a jelly bean like that. Uh, but but nobody, Felix is magic. Well. Uh, so he's mad. Nobody really wants that, even though that is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, Felix has his bag that he can turn into a boat, do whatever the fuck he wants to his do. His bag of tricks, yeah. kind of like um, Ghost Dogs. Ghost Dog has a bag of tricks also. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weapons, though. Weapons, yeah. mostly. Yeah. Um, I thought it was powerful when Ghost Dog takes Raymond's gun towards the end of the movie and he puts it into the briefcase, but he gives Raymond the key. The amount of trust that these two people have for each other. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I hate to tie this into anything biblical, but it's like Jesus taking the sword from Peter and saying, hey, this is not the time to fight. You know, we just got to let this shit happen. It was powerful. And I didn't fully understand, like, what that meant for their relationship until you kind of explained it to me. You know, it's, it's trust. It's clear trust. It's trust with somebody who doesn't even speak the same language. And that's such a powerful message right now. That's such a, a beautiful concept. Yes. If we can have more of that in the world, cool. Thanks. Yep. So 
a fun thing. I really enjoyed this, and I often share movies with uh, my mom and her twin sister. And, of course, I told them about it immediately after seeing it. And I think Karen really liked it, but my mom did not like it. She said she didn't understand it or something. And I was very surprised because Karen got it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's enough in here to where she understood the, the mob guys are silly and stupid. So that's, you know, you can laugh at them. Uh, Ghost Dog is really fucking cool. Um, the music is cool. Uh, so there's a lot to tap into, but uh, my mom missed missed the boat on this one. Curious. Does it hurt you internally when your parent or parents don't get... Not at all. Not at all. I don't care. I'm surprised. Because we do generally enjoy the same kind of movies. Gotcha. And this seems like something she would enjoy. So it makes me wonder if, you know, maybe she was distracted or something. Because I think this is great. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll get her to watch it again. That'd yeah, be really I'll get fun. Yeah, i to rewatch it. Um, yeah, I don't know why I take it so personally when my parent or parents don't like what inspires me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it feels like they don't understand you in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still some weird, angsty, blue haired teen in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of hurts me a little bit. I feel this way more when it comes to music, ironically, even okay. though I'm not nearly as connected to music as you are. If- I would think it, it's the opposite, though, because music can be polarizing. Film is a bit more. Um, I- there's there are more ways to get in. You know right. I mean? There's something in there for everybody. For right. this movie in particular, thank God there were so many ties to literature. I don't know that I would have liked it as much without that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a handle to get into the movie. Right. And like, thank God it was books. Check them out. Oh, you don't know that song? Nope. Books. Check them out. No, definitely don't. Did you ever do the um, book tokens from Pizza Hut? Fuck yes. Yes. It's like, oh, it actually got me reading, I think. I think it worked. Yeah, man. I used to get biscuit books. Does anyone remember biscuit books? I don't fucking do that anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. Keep doing it. Kids would love that. Yeah, I was an itty bitty kid getting biscuit books. I think it's so easy to exploit shit now. They still do box tops. I guess. I don't know. You know, I, I look know. forward to eating cereal for the sake of my child's school. Interesting. It's going to be so great. Yeah. Fundraisers, man. Yeah. That'll be great. Bake right. offs. So there is a, a very awesome scene in this movie. And apparently it's a real thing. There's a guy building a boat on top of a building in New York. I have theories. Okay. Hit me. Okay. So for anybody who hasn't spent... 20 plus hours reading Frankenstein because it's a dense book. Um, The beginning of the book starts out with this uh, sea captain. He's writing a letter to a family member and uh, it's because he found Dr. Frankenstein just wandering around the Arctic and uh, brings him onto his boat, right? Boats are a big part of Frankenstein. So anyway, then within the letter that the guy is writing to his relative, we get into Dr. Frankenstein's story. And then from Dr. Frankenstein's story, we get into his monster story. And then as we back our way out of the book and people start dying, we go all the way backwards back to the sea captain on his boat in the Arctic. Boats are, are a big feature. And I can't remember specifically, but... Uh, Dr. Frankenstein and his 
wife whom he has just married they take a boat they go to this uh cabin or whatever and in that cabin that's where uh his monster kills his wife right so in this movie ghost dog kills a family member it's not a wife obviously but kills a family member and that's when louis is like well shit man now you gotta die that's also when dr frankenstein is like well shit man now this monster needs to die but anyway that's totally getting away from the boats boats are a big part of the book that's why i think it's also in this movie that and it's fucking cool is this like apparently real? it's real apparently it, 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 there's actually a guy doing it or Beautiful. he was at the time and they filmed it um and the guys uh raymond speaks french to him but the guy <laughs> speaks back in spanish guy, yeah he's speaking spanish yeah so out of the three people you know nobody speaks the same language yeah, that's very fun. Pretty beautiful, actually. It's yeah. really nice. Uh, yeah, and it's just such beautiful imagery, if nothing else. Even if it doesn't tie directly to the book that I so deeply love, it's cool to look at. Well, I suppose it could be a plan for uh, future flooding. Because <laughs> we're so concerned about flooding right maybe now. He, maybe he believed in the 2012... <laughs> my predictions oh my god uh yeah i don't want to talk about flooding so yeah um i think there there's plenty to talk about um good and bad so let's get into favorites and least favorite things about this movie i'm so ready um favorite thing the pigeon favorite is the pigeon for sure and it's just because it ties so significantly to a meaningless event that happened in my life that I just drew meaning for, I don't know. I, I really like the fact that the pigeon is both black and white, right? That's beautiful. And I was thinking about uh, Ghost Dog when he puts on the white gloves. He's got these white gloves. and, and he's, Michael Jackson had white gloves. Yeah, he had sparkly gloves. <laughs> they were white sparkly gloves. He, he could have played Ghost Dog. He was a, a what the fuck? Don't no, <laughs> no, I don't think. I mean, watching Michael Jackson twirl that gun. No. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so here we go. The bird is my favorite part. All right, the I'm fucking right, I'm write that down. The, the, <laughs> the fucking gun flip is my least favorite part. It was oh, you don't so like stupid. <laughs> silly I'm like, I bro. It. I thought it was super cool when I first saw it. I don't think it's as cool now. I get how it's a little cheesy. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. It's like showing a new jacket to your friends and your friends are all like, Doug, that jacket is fucking stupid. Okay. Question. Yeah. Do you prefer a uh, gun spin to the gun sword? flip thing he does i'm gonna go with a big fat neither well I don't you gotta like, pick one. Oh my you gotta god pick one gun if i gotta pick one or the other <sighs> shit i mean the gun spinny thing because at least the gun is like in motion all all ghost dog is doing is just like waving the gun around <laughs> like it's a sword <laughs> like it's a fucking glow stick <laughs> and i'm like bro we ain't out of rave what is this uh, just put your gun down i love it um, I think it's so silly. Not crazy about it. And I totally want it to be in the series. Oh, it's going to be in the series. I cannot imagine they're not going to do more. They're probably going to figure out other ways. Yeah, to, to make to it samurai-esque. Yes. Yeah, man. I want I'm like 
weird gadgets, weird samurai gadgets that attach to the gun or something mm. or or no guns at all because guns are fucking stupid. Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, least favorite, definitely the gun moves. Gun moves. Wow. Not crazy about it. Wow. Yeah. How about you? What's well, your favorite? <sighs> um, God, this is tough. My favorite. Well, my favorite thing is gotta be. All right, everybody, I'm happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. But this video is the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. Drug. You know what I wanted. I gave what I gave. I'm not sorry I met you. I'm not sorry it's over. I'm not sorry there's nothing to say. Sorry. There you go. That song is Your Ex-Lover is Dead by Stars. Whoa. Yeah, man. So my week. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay this out for our audience. I thought of this song and I was like, what the fuck is this song called? And I I was Oh, this okay, yeah, you were telling me about this. I, I yeah, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Um I was trying to think of this song because I remember it meant so much to me when I was in high school. And I knew I had it on my Groove Shark account. Oh, boy. <laughs> Shout out to Groove Shark. <laughs> Maybe. Long story short, you found it after having lost it. Oh, man. It suddenly came to me the second I wasn't thinking about it. And we were watching the football game today. Yeah, yeah. And it just popped into my head. And I was like, shit, I got to I gotta do it. this. I got to do this song tonight. Um, so why? Okay. <laughs> this song. Why? Uh, <laughs> okay, so the instrumental in the song reminds me a lot of the instrumental that's in my favorite movie, The Brothers Bloom. Okay. Um, it sounds very Death Cab-ish as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah very oh, yeah. much so. It's a duet, um, and I've got a big spot in my heart for duets. I love them. I think they're not tacky at all. I think they're adorable. Duet, for people that don't speak French, means both. <laughs> Or does it now? <laughs> really? Didn't know that. Both genders. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're learning. learning. Uh, oh, man. We're yeah. learning all kinds of stuff tonight. Uh, yeah, man. I'm sorry to bum you out, but I listened to a lot of really depressing music when I was in high school. and well, I th- As did I. Sure. As, but as do we all, I think. Anybody right? who knew me in high school can attest to the fact that I was a big smiling ball of cheese for like 90% of high school. I was just like this effervescent, nothing can touch me. Everything is totally okay in my world. Big smiling ball of cheese. Big smiling ball of cheese. Right. Anybody who knew me in high school can attest to this fact. And I listened to the most depressing music. And this this right here is like bottom of the barrel, most depressing song. It's like eternal sunshine and the spotless mind sad. Yeah, I, I kind of don't even want to think about it a whole lot right now because it's real dark and I don't really, I don't need to be going there. Right. but <laughs> Not right now. I hear you. I hear you. You're doing a show. I mean, and, I mean to, to its credit, it, it is uh, powerful. Yeah, it, it was a choice. Um, I I love the fact that it tells a story. It's it's a yeah. really relatable story. It's it's very well done. I mean, again, it, it will affect you. I think anybody that watches this, I would recommend people watch this. Absolutely. And now that I'm watching it, uh, much older and less angsty, I I do find some faults with it. I wish there wasn't a shadow anytime someone's on the ice. I think it would look a lot crisper. See what I did there? 
It's Christmas ice. It's cold. It would look a lot crisper. It's Christmas ice. It's <laughs> Christmas ice. It's Christmas ice. It would look so much better if there wasn't a shadow behind everybody. Like if the lighting was just somehow better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I think the These big. These are minor qualms. I think it still gets the message. Uh, yeah, or, it does. Across it. Think. Yeah. We see it's ice. These two people are cold to each other now and they clearly used to be I warm to each other. I thought they were really other. crisp with each other. It was. It was so crisp. <laughs> so crisp. Uh, were they? Because they were holding hands. I guess they stopped holding hands. I don't know. Again, analyzing this makes me makes my heart hurt. It, I really do feel something when I think about what's going on here. Well, good, damn it. I yeah. wanted you to feel my angst. <laughs> I wanted you it was to like feel a punch in the what I was feeling. Glit. It's easy to miss, but the old man in the beginning, he says, when there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. And that kind of was reminiscent of this movie in a way. I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. So it's apropos that I found this today, right before yeah. we were going to record this. I thought there was going to be some more allusion to like Frankenstein because of how much you've been talking about Frankenstein. I thought there was going to be a tie in this well, video. Well, sure. Yeah. Eventually the monster gets so pissed off that he's like, fuck it. I'm going to burn everything to the ground. And that's kind of reminiscent in the uh, excerpt that I read earlier. Uh, he wants to destroy the world around him and just sit and smile and admire the ruin. Mm. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, thank you for experiencing this with me. I'm sorry I bummed you out. Yeah, it's okay. It was good. It was powerful. I mean, uh, what, what can you say? That There's going to be movies is, like yeah. this probably. Um, and it might get tough talking about them. I, I'm just not yeah, realizing that. I can think about one or two yeah. that are, are far down on my list because I don't, I don't know. This song is super personal to me, so don't come at me, please. I can't handle it. I'm not strong come enough for I'm, liking this song. I think it's fine. The song is fine. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. It's nice. Yeah. It's a nice song. It's not really my speed, but um, yeah, it's listenable. I, I think it's cool. It's palatable. It's definitely my speed. Damn it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I really, really fucking enjoy it. I'm so... This is the first time I've heard this song or watched this video in probably like 10 years. <laughs> See, perfect choice. I like it. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. That was Your Ex-Lover is Dead by Stars. Go Stars. watch the video. Go watch bum. it. You uh, There's a website on the internet, YouTube.com. You go there. Oh, no, no, no. It's, um, it's actually www.youtube.com. No, no, no. Wait, I don't think wait. you need that anymore. Uh, it's actually, um, uh, shit, what is it? It's www.youtube.com. Is this bit funny? No. All right, <laughs> right, guys. Okay, moving on. Thanks for humoring us. <laughs> Drug. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, uh, interruptions. Back into uh, the fun part. Let's uh, let's cheer ourselves back up by talking about your favorite thing. Yeah, back to my favorite joint. Yeah. My favorite thing. What you got? Well, the music. 100%. It was the draw God to damn the movie. it. I knew it. I was really rooting it's for you here. Easy. I, I was, rooting how? I was hoping you were going to pick something else, something unexpected. But of course, it's the music. You love RZA. Yes. It. Oh, man. I... I would love to really cheese out and say, uh, cheese out. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, I would like to say I love everything about it, but there's a few things that aren't great. 
the dog I love. Um, yeah, well, like, what are my favorite things about this movie? Um, Truly, dig deep. I love how stupid the mobsters are. That dynamic, I already explained that. Um, it's not like funny stupid. It's kind of like sad incompetence stupid. Uh, I, because they're all full of themselves, I think it works. Yeah, there's not a lot of humor Egotistical in general idiots here. idiots are humorous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the whole thing. They're more frustrating to me. Yeah, very frustrating in real life, for sure. God, yes. But they kind of play out well on film. Okay. Especially when you're dealing with somebody so slick. <laughs> but, um, yeah, let's see. What else? I like that Riz is in it, briefly. And I was going to say. Knowledge to knowledge. Is that what he says? Uh, oh, I should have that pulled up. I, I'm surprised I haven't memorized that. Um, no, that's not what he says. Uh, I'll just move on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I was going to say, when you were talking about uh the kind of purpose and meaning of him dying and all of this and you related him to Jesus I um, did is it not possible that Riza is now kind of the future of him of that spirit that ideology what no Perlina's Perlene picks well, up the gun Well she certainly is because of uh their immediate likeness but right. Riza is almost he he's got the braids just like him it, I think it is representative of Riza is kind of the closest thing we have to a person like Ghost Dog he is um he's kind of a lyrical assassin Hey yo Um so I I think there's definitely some sort of passing of the torch. Right, yeah. He was talking on the commentary about how he's trained with the Sifu. He talks about that a lot in his books, um, which is just beyond fascinating, just hearing his perspective and his total respect for uh, the training that he's going through, through the process, through like uh, the message here, right? Yeah. And this really... This really could have just been Riza playing Forrest Whitaker's character. I'm going to argue that right now. I feel like if Forrest turned it down, yeah, Riza might have stepped in. But it would, you know, that was it's literally his first acting role and he barely does anything at the end. Yeah, but he's so powerful when he's there, you know, for that split second like that whole scene stands out. And it's it seems like it's nothing they're just walking past each other they say something to each other you don't even remember what they said to each other like that's how passive this is meant to be but it still sticks out because i don't know there's a presence there you wonder why it's in the movie especially if you don't immediately recognize rizza which i didn't i i know current rizza what very current rizza looks like yeah, I, i'm not as familiar with young Riz's appearance. Yeah. So that was special to see him in a movie and to hear him score a movie. Um, it truly is my favorite thing about it. My least favorite thing about this movie. Um, what we talked about with the potential that birds were killed. Oh, yeah. Speaking of we're the scene with the home. rednecks where he pulls over and he, uh, he tells them about the bears. Like I was like crying thinking the, about how you know it was oh, just so wow. touching uh the way he thought of bears and how much he how much respect he had for him 
Um, How they used to be in ancient cultures viewed as equals yeah, to humans. Yeah. Yes, it's just yeah. it's a it's a heavy handed scene, but it's still it's very touching to me. I, I'm just glad he put it in there. I called them Captain sort of subtle and Captain not at all subtle. Yeah. The one guy just comes out and says it like there aren't a lot of people who look like Forrest Whitaker or Ghost Dog in that area. Yeah. And then he pulls that out barrier. the gun. That barrier. Uh, yeah, but the other guy is a little more subtle about it, I guess. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting why it's included in there. Is that a real dead bear? I'd like to know. Again, I don't know. So that's part of what I don't like is the mystery there. I, I, I think I was telling you that I believe there were a lot of stricter... Um, they imposed stricter rules for handling animals on sets before this was made. I think that's true. Uh, I did not confirm that uh, before we started talking about I this. don't think Mike Tyson would have allowed them to kill his for birds. the pigeons, right. right. But there's like a pigeon shot in one scene, so I wonder. But uh, I don't know. It so, does look really convincing, but like how many takes did they have to do to actually shoot a bird? And oh my God, I don't want to think about that, you know? Um. I don't know that I want to know one way or the other. I'm just grateful that the laws that are now in place are there. And that's cool. Love thy animals, people. Yeah. I, I'm trying to search for something else I don't like about this. And it's hard. It, it's very difficult for me to say anything bad. I truly enjoy this. We watched this twice. And the second time around, it felt like a breeze. I mean, yeah. even the first time was easy as as could be, but I was paying more attention because we were trying to take notes, which I took very few because it's just, it's all in my brain. I've seen this movie a lot. I have like five pages of notes. I took a lot of notes. So the first viewing was difficult for me. There's a lot of, um, there are a lot of characters. Um, we're not really sure of names for like, most of them, especially the mafia guys. I know Louie's name. I don't know any of the other people's names. I could not tell you the mafia daughter's name at all. What about the cop? The, uh, yeah, no, definitely not the cop. You remember that scene? Uh, where she gets they kill shot? A cop. Yeah, they kill a cop. Yeah. And uh, he's mad because she was a woman, the yeah. driver. Louie is mad. Yeah, Louie's mad. And then the guy who's currently dying in the passenger what? seat was like, ah, equal rights. Yeah, he's like, they want to be equal? I'm only going to talk about equal rights when now it serves me. <laughs> right. Which I think is a fun scene, actually. Uh, hmm. It's opportunistic feminism. That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. He believes yeah. in women's rights only when it suits him. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of evidence throughout the film, but... Mm, all right so, we've got enough so i have to wonder if we're watching this if i'm watching this again yet again mm -hmm. because i hope to own the criterion collection uh 4k uh version of this at some point uh would you join me i'm gonna tell you go buy the criterion shit because i really want to hear the commentary on that i want yes. to watch it in actual 4k because mm -hmm. i'm telling you this uh, we watched it the first time on a dvd and then the second time we watched it on our projector via the 36 cinema. Yeah, which um, was a 4K stream that we were not watching in 4K. No, no, no. Um, and it was so much clearer when we were watching it on the projector 
in 4K yeah. or whatever. It looked nice. It looks so great. And and I don't know what they did to the audio. The sound was so much better. Yeah, I really, really want to watch this in 4K. Uh, I would like to know what is on Paraline's jacket. It looks like Fred Hampton. It looks like a patch. Perlines. Perline, whatever. Yeah, Perline. It looks like Paraline? a... Paraline. <laughs> Paraline in the city? Yeah. It looks like Fred Hampton on the it patch. Does. It does. I'm not sure who it is, though. It might be him. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Um, yeah, I want to look for little stuff like that, little little things that we miss. Um, in the commentary, they were talking about how uh, the director puts all the information in a scene visually. It's not necessarily mm. always talked about. Not a lot of exposition. Right? I'm a very auditory person. I, I like when people kind of hint at or tell me what's going on or give me like an illusion or a sign or something. And um, yeah, I'd be really interested in watching this again and seeing what more I catch. Very nice. Yeah, man. I just want to see that cool trapdoor in 4K. That'd be fun. Trapdoor was dope, okay? The man's like sliding panels, and then he he opens it up. Yeah, the little trick floor. Yeah, Yeah. and we were talking about how you found something cool on the internet about squeaky floors. floors, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Totally look up musical musical floors. floors. Yeah, intentionally squeaky floors. That's all we'll say. Yeah, it's really fun. Deep dive would, that I internet. Would do that. Yeah, man. Well, I imagine you can kind of understand why I brought this to you. You, you seem Fuck to yeah to say that it opened up a new uh, way of looking, right? A, a new way of uh, entering my mind, I guess. Not even just visually, not even just like the movie itself, but the music that I hear in this is very similar to some of the stuff that I've heard you produce. Yeah. Oh, I'm heavily influenced by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Lots of keys, lots of um, thick beats. I don't know how to put that. Thick I'm not. Beats. I'm not a producer. That's T H I C C beats, guys. Yes. Your new Oof. name, thick beats. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, of course. This makes more sense. You make more sense. You, in general, make a lot more sense to me. I I am reading Riz's book, one of Riz's books, to have a better understanding of like your philosophy, like your internal beliefs. And I'm getting there, you know? It's kind of difficult for me to understand. I don't know a lot about scientific mathematics. It's a big part of his books that I just, I, I don't get yet, and I'm working on it. But this just added a whole nother layer. Yeah, this is where I draw a lot of my meditative uh, awareness uh, and I admire the calm in this character. So uh, me having a lot of social anxiety and anxiety in general, um, it's something I aspire to, to have this level of cool. And a lot of these passages, uh, they resonate with me because it's it truly is, it taps into like a, a balance thing, inevitabilities um, and overall just the balance of life uh and a true kind of oneness with nature i mean the way he admires these birds and stuff um the way he sleeps among the birds yeah he's a fan of life yeah you can tell but he also takes a lot of life so this is 
it's it's a character that that you can identify with so deeply and then totally check out <laughs> because no i can never be a killer like this what no totally totally but uh you're right there is a balance there he cares so much about wildlife he cares a lot about animals that's very apparent but he does take lives but he does it because someone saved his life so it is a weird balancing that's going on here and i i i feel like i'll understand it better when i watch it again which is totally gonna happen at some point but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's a lot of complicated stuff here in general yeah it's a deep one. I advise anyone to watch this. I feel like you might you would do the same. Highly recommend. Totally watch it. Watch it twice. You know, I know it's two hours. I spent four hours of my Saturday watching it. You can do it too. Okay? Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. Man, I want to keep talking about it, but uh, I think we've exhausted a lot of this. Again, just go watch it. Think about it yourself, man. There's a lot... A lot to put together. Um, and go read Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Totally do and it. And Ghost Dog Weekend. Yeah, have one of those. It's so good, man. Whoa, whoa. Those are both like hot dogs. Franks and dogs? Franks and dogs. Wow. Is this whole movie about glizzies? <laughs> dun, it's dun, actually dun. the case of the glizzy guzzler. So we'll revisit that uh, if we do the bonus episode. Um, yeah. So speaking of future episodes what do you think is coming up next what do you feel what do you feel like doing we're gonna watch a movie called just my luck just my luck yes who's in that Lindsay lowen oh boy yeah all right just my luck uh i have no idea what that is but we will be watching that uh next time around so we will see y'all then I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you glistening. I don't know why you are, but you look like a glizzy to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, We're on Instagram. We are Look What You Made Me View. And then we got emails. Did we get any emails? No, 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 no. I mean, did we get too many? No, no, no. I know we got. No. You know what? We can never get enough emails. So send them. Our email address is look what you made me view at Jamail. Jamail.com. <laughs> Jamail.com. Jamail. That's how you actually pronounce com. it. Yeah, man. That's us. So we'll see you next time around. Send us all those emails. Way too many of them. Yes, please. And you know, let us know what's on the girls' patch if you know. And I just want to leave you with a quote. <laughs> okay. He really is staring at you. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Mm -hmm. Boing, boing.